to, we'll chat about business law with our guest, Doug Bend of Bend Law Group. Hi, Doug. Hi, it's good to be here. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. The firm is one of the top law firms that helps small businesses, entrepreneurs, and startups. It's been featured in Forbes Magazine, Hoppington Post, I believe the Washington Post. And, uh, you know, and so you're, you're really out and about and people really respect you have a great reputation. Tell us about the areas of law that you work, um, the best, you know, time that a client should approach you for services. Well, thank you for such a, a kind introduction. Uh, we focus on helping out entrepreneurs. We help launch over 50 new companies a year, and then we help grow with them over time, helping them raise capital, perhaps help them uh, maybe sell their company, you know, bring on new people, grow and expand. And so we start often very early on with someone who's thinking about starting their own business. Uh, perhaps they've been working for someone else for a long time and they're thinking about branching off and doing their own thing. And they want to talk to an attorney about what that might take on the legal side. How long have you been doing this, Doug? Oh, well, I've been practicing law now for about 13 years. I've had my own shop now since 2010. With regards to business owners who are, um, you know, they're just kind of, they're newbies and they're, they're not quite sure if they even want to start a business, um, they're, you know, or they're, they're like, I know I need something, but I, I'm not quite sure what I need for my business. Like, how, how do you, you work with them in the process of, of figuring that stuff out? Sure. I think early on, it doesn't have to be an all in, uh, you know, move that someone makes. They could try, you know, working on a side business on the weekends at night to see one, you know, do they have a viable business idea? Are they able to get customers or clients that are willing to pay for a product or a service? That's going to make it worthwhile for them to go all in on the idea. So I think often, you know, this idea that you jump all in, uh, you certainly could do that. But there's something to be said about wading into having your own business, kind of growing out your client base on the side while you're working for, for someone else. And then early on, once you decide to start doing that, it's thinking about what you have to do as a bare minimum for legal requirements. And then what you might want to do that might make sense for a liability protection angle and or a tax angle. And so at least here in California, you know, getting started early on, most cities have a requirement that you have to have a city business license once you're doing business for a certain number of days a year. Uh, okay. For some uh, locations, it's uh, as soon as you start doing any sort of business whatsoever, you have to have a city business license. For others, like San Francisco, it's a minimum of seven days a year. You're supposed to have a city business license. So early on, you know, the requirements can be pretty minimal of, of getting started with the business if you're just doing a few hours here and there, testing the waters, get a city business license, your compliance with that and kind of see how things go. What are the areas that you focus on right now? Yeah, so a lot of the areas that we focus on is for someone that's just starting out is thinking about, okay, uh, does it make sense instead of being a sole prop? It's certainly easy to set up, but there's some drawbacks to it. And one of the main drawbacks is that you have liability exposure if you're a sole proprietorship. And so if you're doing business activities as a sole proprietor uh, and you're sued for those business activities, they can come after your personal assets. Uh, there's tax reasons why you might want to be a legal entity. And so talking through with people saying, okay, does it make sense to kind of have the bare bones in place or for liability reasons and for tax reasons, as I said, make sense to set up a uh, legal entity, if you will, uh, to have those advantages and weighing those benefits of having a legal entity uh, with the cost of having a legal entity to see if it, it, it makes sense for that particular client. The three areas, it was three or four areas that you're working as an intellectual property. Um, and there, can you mention the other real estate? And there was one other area as well. Sure. So we do quite a bit of intellectual property work and there's really a few areas. We have a full-time intellectual property attorney on staff. Uh, he, he files over hundred trademarks a year. 
And so for a, a, new, uh, a new business just starting out, you know, you, you may want to get a, a trademark, you may not want to get a trademark. And the reason why I say that is that it costs, you know, between government filing fees, legal fees, about $1,000 to get a trademark. And when you're starting a brand new business, you know, you may change the business name, you know, especially early on. You're doing a lot of experimenting, a lot of, uh, you know, trying this, trying that. And that's certainly true about your business name as well. And so for some entrepreneurs, they decide to wait maybe six months, wait a year, let the name settle, say, okay, is this really what I want to be uh, branding my business as? Or do I have a better idea, you know, two, three months in that I want to pivot to? And kind of making sure you're going to be doing business as that particular name before you invest in a trademark. Got it. How long does it usually take to, to get that processed? Well, like, like most lawyer uh, answers, it depends, but I'll explain my, my lawyer answer. And so okay. what I mean by it depends is that, you know, if everything goes smoothly, the trademark registration process is about nine months to 12 months. And that's, so it's a very long window of time. So that's, and why is it so long? The, the reason why it's so long is that it takes several months for the application to be assigned to an attorney who reviews the application. It has to go through a publication uh, phase. So if the application is properly prepared and there's no hiccups, it's typically nine to 12 months from when you file the trademark to when it's officially registered uh, with the federal government. Um, it can take longer. Sometimes the person reviewing the trademark has questions about the application. Perhaps they want more evidence that you're using the trademark in commerce, so it can't take longer. But if everything's teed up and lined up, it's nine to 12 months. So that's why, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, everything as a business owner, it's a balancing act between ideally what you want to have for your business at combined on the, on the one side of the scale, on the other side of the scale, what are the costs involved? And a trademark is a perfect example with that. As I mentioned before, it costs $1,000. On the one hand, maybe you want to wait to make sure you're actually going to be using that name before you get a trademark on the name. On the other side of the scale, it's keeping in mind that, you know, if once you file, you got to wait nine to 12 months before you get that trademark protection. And so okay. for some people, they want to file earlier because they don't want to wait until there's a problem with someone infringing on their brand name and then have to wait nine to 12 months before they get the legal teeth of having a trademark. They want to file the trademark sooner rather than later. And then lastly, another reason why you may want to uh, file it sooner is that it can be preventative medicine. What I mean by that is that before we launch a company, we often search on the, the database for trademarks to see if there's already a, a trademark being used with that name that the company, that our client wants to use. And presumably we're not the only attorneys doing that. And so you could per perhaps prevent problems from happening by having a trademark and people noticing you're already using the name. So perhaps they're less likely to use the name and create a problem for you. Um, industries that you focus on right now. Yeah, it really runs a gambit. It's everything from someone working out of their home, just one person starting a business, up to companies that are multinational, thousands of employees. Uh, it really depends on the type of project that the client needs to have completed. And so if it's in our wheelhouse of doing you know, outside general counsel work, it'd be a great client for us. So um, you've had your firm for some time, you've grown your firm, we've known each other for some time, and um, I just uh, think the, the world of you, I, you, you you're just out and about helping uh, tons of businesses get through their challenges and also make sure that they are not challenged, protecting them so they're not gonna be going through other challenges. But the one thing that I noticed um, about you is that you're a giver. You, you do like to give time um, to making the world a better place. And you know, you're out there with the Young Entrepreneur Council, the Pacific Community Ventures. Um, tell us a little bit about your perspective on entrepreneur, like what's, why is that important to give, to give back in the community as well as like working your business? 
Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few reasons for that. You know, one reason is that when I was starting my, my business, there was people that gave me time that really, you know, there was no really selfish reason for them to do that. You know, I think especially right. maybe it's a, uh, I live and work in San Francisco, maybe it's a San Francisco Bay Area, you know, hippie dippy kind of thing, but people, at least in the Bay Area for boutique business owners, very supportive. And I think part of it is that people have been through it themselves before and they want to support other people that are starting uh, their own business uh, to kind of give back, you know, to the ecosystem, if you will. So I think uh, call it karma, call it what you will. But I think there was a lot of people that helped me out early on. And I want to kind of give back to uh, the business community um, as well. And then and it feels good. It feels good to help people out, you know, help them start a business. I've seen the transformative effect it's had on my life, how it's helped me you know, achieve better work-life balance and some of my uh, both business goals and personal goals. And so help other people uh, reach their goals as well uh, feels good. And then lastly, it, it's good business. And so often uh, when you help someone, not everyone, but I think most people, if you help them out, you know, either consciously or subconsciously, they think, well, that's great. You know, you're really helping me out. Maybe there's some way that I can help you. And it's not like I keep a spreadsheet and keep tabs on it, but certainly I, I think I've gotten uh, back just as much as I put out, if not more so, by people coming back two, three years later saying, hey, you might not remember talking to me back in 2015, but I was at a holiday party and I was talking to my neighbor and they're selling their business. And I want to introduce you now to that person because you're so helpful to me three or four years ago. So people, when you're genuine about it and you really want to help, help people out, you care about them, that kind of yeah. sticks with people. And often, you know, down the road, they come back and want to help you out. Exactly. As well. kind, of, kind of like what you were talking about before karma. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So now you have an a amazing growing law firm. Recently, yeah. you have a family. We've, we've known each other for some time. I know you before the family and now after. And I just love to uh, have you share what are some things that help you as an entrepreneur just stay happy and healthy. And I believe like the first one was what you just mentioned, which was giving back. Yeah, that's a big one. And I think um, this is a good time of year to be thinking about. Early yeah, in the year, year, thinking about mm -hmm. resolutions. And I think resolutions can be personal resolutions. They can also be business resolutions. And, you know, for myself, I, I try to, uh, one of the podcasts I like is uh, Tim Ferriss's uh, podcast, and he interviews uh, successful people in different lines of work. And one of the things I think he does an exceptional job at is he looks for common patterns. You know, you know what are things that uh, a famous actor is doing to be successful, that a famous business person is doing to be successful, that a famous entertainer is doing to be successful? And what are those common elements? And, and for me, picking out those common elements that, uh, to at least try out to see how it affects my life is something that maybe perhaps I want to adapt as well. So, you know, for example, one of those things is meditation. I think that's really uh, helpful. Uh, it's something that I, if I'm on my A game, I like to start my day with a, a short meditation uh, practice. And I think that kind of helps focus my, my entire day if I'm able to set aside a few minutes in the morning uh, to take a step back and think about what my focus should be for the day. Got it. Makes sense. It uh, just so happens that yesterday we uh, had a of interview with my meditation coach <laughs> from 10 years ago. And uh, that was a thing that it, it just helps with uh, being focused and have clarity. It really helps with the business. I think you got to make time really for exercise. And it's uh, okay. it's easier said than done as you get busy with the, you layer on the responsibilities of work and family. Uh, but I think, you know, if you, you take that half hour to an hour a day to take that time out to really uh, make sure that your health is in place, you're going to see exponential returns for when you're actually at work. And so it's some days it's like, oh, I'm so busy. How am I going to carve out this time to exercise? But if you're able to do that, I think you're going to find that your productivity level is much higher after you take the time to do that. You more than make up for that time.
you work in the Bay Area. Do you work with other clients outside the Bay Area? We do. You know, so we have uh, most of our clients are in uh, California, well, certainly a concentration in the Bay Area. I think part of that is just this is where we, we live. This is where we work. So we get to know people here. And, and from that, a lot of business, uh, business work comes from that. But we have clients around the world probably about a dozen times a year. We get asked to help a client that's had success abroad, that's coming to the U.S., that's looking for domestic legal counsel. And we help them set up a legal entity and kind of do their outside general counsel work from a, from a, um, a U.S. perspective. So probably of the you know 50 plus companies we set up a year, you know I'd, I'd say probably roughly uh, you know a fifth of those are, are international companies that are looking for uh, local U.S. help. Well, West Coast, East Coast, mostly West Coast. You know, so attorneys um, makes sense. Uh, for better or worse, we're only supposed to be practicing law uh, in the jurisdictions that we've been uh, barred in. And so I'm barred to practice law in California. I'm also bar to practice law in New York, uh, but it's not only whether or not we can do something, really the standard we'd like to have for ourselves is whether we feel we're the very best attorneys for a project. And so even though I can practice law in New York, when I get asked to do a, a project in New York, if it's reviewing a contract, I feel I can do a great job on that for the client. But if it's something that uh, involves New York regulations, registering a business, it's okay, am I really the best attorney for this? And often the answer is no, it's referring them to an attorney in New York that has a similar practice as mine in New York, but because they're, they're focused on New York, they're gonna add uh, more value to the client from the legal services. So how do our viewers get a hold of you on social media and the web? Yeah, so uh, you know, social media, we, we try to be pretty good about that, at least by attorneys. You know, Attorneys are pretty bad at social media, but by attorney standards, mm -hmm. at least, we try to be somewhat uh, good at social media. Uh, I'm at, on Twitter, you know, Doug Bend, you know, at Doug Bend on Twitter. Uh, people are welcome to send me an email if they have any sort of legal questions. Uh, you know, it's uh, Doug, D-O-U-G, at bendlawoffice.com. Uh, I'd be happy to chat with anyone that might have any follow-up questions. There you have it. Great tips for protecting your company and business ideas with Ben Law Group. If you like this and want more tips and tricks on business and wellness topics that keep you uplifted, inspired, and balanced, like us and subscribe to our channel. And if you know someone who may be interested and benefit from what's on our show, share us. They'd be happy you did. To all of my beautiful souls who are finding their way with grace and ease, thank you for joining us today. And until the next time we meet, be beautiful and be well.